Morning, man. Good to have all of you here this morning. And uh, it's it's neat to see the fall is here and and uh, you guys are are all coming back. I mean, last week we were near 50 or right at 50 and uh, boy, what a blessing. What a blessing. Down a little bit today, up a little bit. And then, of course, we also know we've got some that uh, are not with us yet, right? So you men online just now logging on. Last week was one of our record high numbers uh, for Brave Hearts online. So uh, we're glad that the Lord's doing a great work here, and I've enjoyed this. We've been in a series called Honor, and hopefully you've enjoyed this series. Today's the last message I'm going to give here for a while on Honor anyway. And so as we get started, let's go to the Lord in word of prayer, and we'll jump in. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you honored us, Father, because uh, your word says you first loved us. And Lord, that we're created in your image. And Father, I thank you that uh, we come to you this morning in honor and praise, for you are worthy of our honor and praise, of glory, Father. And so today, I just pray that we raise up homes of honor, homes that entrust you, homes that love you, homes that grow up in you. And Father, for the next generation's sake, Father, uh, that we would establish in them a love for you for their creator. Father, help us to be men of faith and men of honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Interesting, for those of you that are married, you took a commitment before you were married. You you stood up in front of a pastor, more than likely, some of you the JP, all right? That didn't count, just so you know. Just kidding. You know, when I was in the army, uh, we had these things. Have any of y'all ever heard of, of a convenience marriage? If you're in the military, you know what a convenience marriage is. It means that uh, they want BAQ. So they find a couple, a couple get together and they say, hey, let's get married so that we can get BAQ, which means that we're going to make a lot more money. They're going to give us money so we don't have to live in the barracks and we can live together. It's just cohabitating. And I actually stood in one of those weddings in front of a JP just for BAQ. That doesn't count. All right. That's 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 kind of the way our culture sees things today. And it's unfortunate when you stood before the pastor, you probably said something like this for better, for worse. Or he said something like this for better, for worse, for richer, for poor in sickness and in health and forsaking all others. As long as we both shall live, this is my solemn vow. I say that at every wedding that I give. And I don't know how many weddings in the last 20 something years that I've done, but I've done a lot of them forsaking all others as long as we both still live. Now, let me talk about, about uh, forsaking all others, what that means. What that means is, is that means I would rather die before I would forsake my wife for someone else. Have you ever thought of it that way? Forsaking all others as long as we both shall live. So he's saying, as long as I'm living, the last thing I want to do is forsake the one that is becoming one flesh with me. That's a scary thing. And what that means is I'm going to be an honorable man. And God has called us to be men of honor. Now, it's not to mean that, uh, well, it, it does mean to be honorable, but it, it doesn't mean that you won't make a mistake. That at some point in time, someone might walk, walk by and you might go, wow, she's pretty. Man, God put her together well, but that's not okay. All right. God may have put her together well, but he put your wife together for you. And we start there because it really belongs in the home. Now, when I say it starts there, we can take it one step further and we can say, let's go further than just the, 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 the marriage. If you take it a little bit further, what you'll find is hopefully most of you grew up in some type of Christian home. Now, I know some of your stories and, and many of you didn't, 
But it's, it's a great thing when you're raised in a Christian home. Now, let me show you what Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 12 says. You've heard this before. It says, honor your father and mother that your days will be long upon the earth. And by the way, the Apostle Paul repeats this in Ephesians chapter 6. So we are called to honor our father and mother. So honor should be in the household. Honor starts with a husband and wife, and then we raise our children. And guess what, children? You're to honor your father and mother. And some of your fathers and your mothers possibly are not worthy of honor. Let's just be honest. You weren't raised in a Christian home. Maybe your parents were separated. Maybe your parents were divorced. Maybe you didn't know your dad. Those things happen. And what happens through that is we have a, a, a wound. And in that wound, what's at risk is us not becoming honorable men. And so it has to start with us. Now, God has called us first to honor him. In Romans chapter 1, he said, they did not honor him nor give him thanks. So honor starts with us first honoring God. And as we honor God, we learn to honor one another. And honor is supposed to be found in the home. I'm going to talk to you about Samson this morning. One of the things that I don't do much is I don't preach on Samson. Uh, this is going to sound rude. It's going to sound bad. And I don't mean for it to. And maybe God will change my heart on this. I personally don't like Samson. He got an anointing, and I don't know why he got the anointing. He was, in many ways, a spoiled brat. I'll prove that to you here in just a moment. Not only was he spoiled, he did a lot of things that were dishonoring to his parents, dishonoring to his wife, dishonoring to his country, dishonoring to his kinsmen. I mean, Samson was a mess, and there's all kinds of messages you could put together on Samson. When I was a kid, my aunt gave me a book about Samson. I read the book just as a little kid, and I've never forgotten it, and I thought he was a hero. Man, he was big, he was strong, he was muscular, he killed. I mean, how many men do you know have caught 300 foxes, tied them together by the tail, set them on fire, and turned them loose? You don't. None of you have done it. Samson had an anointing, right? Kill a thousand Philistines, just jump out there with the jawbone of a, of a donkey. I almost said the wrong thing there. I just don't, don't need to go down that. I've been talking anyway. I mean, Samson, an incredible man, an incredible anointing, but he didn't know honor. And it impacted not only his life, but the lives of those around him, the lives of those who were closest to him. You see, he was sent by God to help redeem Israel. He was supposed to have this anointing. His parents had prayed for him. His parents had wanted him. You can go and read about Samson and Judges. Just start there in chapter 13. I'm going to start in chapter 14, but he's an incredible man. He married a Philistine, which he wasn't supposed to do. Philistines were of the uncircumcised, but uh, he demands that he, he has a Philistine wife. He was extremely self-centered. He didn't fear God, but he was chosen by God. Like I said, I don't understand that. He had supernatural strength. He was the biblical Hercules, if you will. He was the last of the major judges. He functions more as a vigilante than a leader. I had a pastor friend of mine one time who uh, a woman came to him and um she had an abusive husband, and he had been praying for her, and she called him uh, one night and said, Pastor, can you come over? I've been beaten up, and my uh, and so he goes over to her house. I don't know if I've shared this story with you guys ever before or not. Maybe I have, but he uh, he went over to their house, and this this woman comes out, and she is battered. I mean, she has been beat up, and this pastor is a big old cowboy, strong guy, and and he said, I was fine. And I, I started praying for her. I asked where the husband was. He was he was gone. He had left the house. But he said about that time, 
the little five-year-old girl came around and she had been beaten up. And he said, I couldn't take it anymore. And he, he actually lost his credentials. Some of you may know exactly who I'm talking about, but he, he went around the side of the house and he waited for the dad to get home. And then he took a two before and he, uh, he took care of that man. And this is what he told me. This is the reason I put vigilante in here. He said, Curtis, it never pays to be a vigilante. Uh, he lost all of his pastoral credentials, a bunch of other things, uh, happened with him. Of course, got charges pressed against him. However, I think the judge did find him uh, a likable guy <laughs> by the time it was all said and done. Guys, what I'm talking about today is not being a vigilante. What I'm talking about uh, is is coming together and raising our households as households of honor because just like that woman was at risk, her children were at risk. And it happens that way with us. We're called to make a difference. We're called to be the difference. In Judges chapter 14, this is what the scripture says. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Now there's a problem with that. Y'all ever seen those bratty kids that say, get it for me? I've got to have it. Well, he, and so they asked him the right questions. Father and mother replied, isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives? Now, let me just say, like your third cousin? <laughs> like, <laughs> I haven't heard a, a comment, but I probably shouldn't say it. Like, can't you go to Nazareth? Anyway, let's keep going. I'm just teasing. So, so, so here's the thing. He said, isn't there someone among your relatives? I mean, isn't there someone among our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But he demanded that he have a Philistine wife. For all of his blessings in his life, he often was his own worst enemy. And, and oftentimes we can relate to this, right? He squandered his potential again and again through foolish decisions. He went after immediate gratification instead of obeying God. He lost sight of his blind spots and eventually he would become physically blind. And I believe that's a spiritual condition. It started as a spiritual condition. He couldn't see his blind spots and everyone was trying to tell him, look, you are one of the chosen of God. You need to align yourself with the will of God. You are called to be a man of honor and you're dishonoring your people, your mom and dad. You're dishonoring. Eventually he dishonors his wife. And maybe I, I ought to make that plural, his wives. Look, oftentimes, oftentimes we're just like this. Oftentimes we don't even realize or recognize that, that we're not speaking honorable things. We're not speaking of what the Lord would want us to speak. We're not staying with our men. We're not staying in our accountability groups. He stepped out of bounds because he didn't step, stay within the lines and the boundaries of the Israelites. He was called to deliver them. But instead he went and mingled with the Philistines, with the enemy. The first thing I want us to see, one of the things that will keep us away from a home of honor is this thing known as pride. The Lord tells us this, pride comes before the fall. Look, if you're a type A, a here's the truth. Type A personalities, type, they, type A personalities. I'm trying to wake up this morning, guys. Guys, this, this ear is completely plugged, all right? I'm just letting you know. I mean, I just got an infection in it. I can't hear. I, I, I was telling some guys a while ago, if I lose balance up there, I'm not drunk. Okay, it's just... I went to the doctor yesterday. Hopefully, we're going to get it figured out. All right, listen. I, you, <laughs> well, Andrew said, just mess the other one up and you'll balance out. So maybe that's what we need to do. So uh, here's the truth. Pride comes before the fall. If you're a type A personality, it can be very difficult for you because uh, you kick tail in business. There's no doubt. You move fast. You get ahead. You get promoted. And when you get home, look, 
Here's the truth. Oftentimes we're done. We're finished. We're tired. You've driven so hard. We crash on the couch. We turn passive. And our homes are in need of us. And that's the very time that oftentimes we check out. You see, we refuse to lead our families or help the kids discover their purpose in life. We don't hesitate to take to the field uh, in one setting and then check out in the very next. And that becomes very self-centered. It becomes about me, myself, and I, my business first, my family second. Or maybe it's this way, my church first, my family second. You see, homes of honor are supposed to, it's God has given us homes of honor in order for us to start there. Not finish there, but actually start there. What are some ways that you think you could start and, and become a humble, a humble man in your home first? Just give me some ideas. Pray. All right, you can pray for your children, and I think that's a, a wonderful thing, but what about this morning? You guys are here. Your children are there. Your, your wives are getting them ready for school this morning. Obedience. Good. Obeying the Word of God. What are you going to do this morning? Share the Word. How are you going to share the Word of God? What's that? Go throughout our world, right? Share the word of God. So how could you share the word of God this morning if you're here? We got to put this down on the practical, men, because here's, here's the truth. We say our businesses, our jobs, our church, our Bible study is so important that on Tuesday mornings, they're not going to get what they might get Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings. You see what I'm saying? Uh, have you ever written a devotional? You can write a little devotional. Just, just pick a scripture and say, hey, kids, I want you to read this this morning. Uh, God loves you. I love you. Here you go. Take this with you. You got to think kind of some practical things. If they have phones, text them. Hey, uh, here's a scripture for you this morning. It was, you know, I texted my son a couple days ago, and this is what he did. This is what he did. He texted me back and said, Dad, did you write that or someone else? <laughs> there, but we have to think practically, men, because it starts in our homes first. It should start in our homes. Sure, we can pray over our children when they sleep, and that's a precious thing to do. And by, by the way, I believe God sees that, and he knows that. But we have to think practically. Okay, well, if, if we're going to have a home of honor, and that's where it starts, it doesn't start in the church. We're equipped in the church, but it doesn't necessarily start in the church. It starts with us at home being men of honor ourselves. And because we're men of honors, we, we, we've got to... Fight this thing known as pride because what pride will tell you is Tuesday morning it's okay to take off. Tuesday morning you're going to go get built up so you can build your family up. That's true. There's truth in that, but it's a partial truth. And within a partial truth lies what? A partial lie. And so what we want to do is we want to say, no, every day of the week we are responsible for our family. So be careful with this thing called pride. Most of you who are here this morning, you may not be type A personalities, but I'm going to tell you something, you're type A driven or you wouldn't be here this morning. You say, Tuesday mornings I get up, Tuesday mornings I'm going to be there, Tuesday mornings there's going to be a difference made, there's, there's going to be an impartation in my life so that I can go make an impartation in someone else's life. You men who are here this morning, you men who are with me online, some of you had to get up an hour earlier than us online because you're in Colorado, different time zone, right? It's early for you. Bless your heart. Let's keep moving. Be a man of honor, right? Be a man of honor. The second thing that gets men entitled or gets men in trouble here where we don't have uh, homes of honor is this thing known as entitlement. One of the things that Samson was, he was very entitled. We think we just see entitlement today with this next generation or the next two generations behind us. 
very entitled, very much I should make as much money as my parents make. I should have what my parents have. If they have an iPhone 12, I should have an iPhone 13. I don't even know if they make a 13, but if they do, they should have it. See, we tend to blame the other generation, but here's Samson in Old Testament Scripture, one of the judges in Old Testament Scripture, and he is very entitled. Mom and Dad, y'all go get me. I know that's forbidden fruit, but you go get it for me anyway. And here's the trouble the mom and dad did. They did. So they have a responsibility to this as well. Be careful with this thing, entitlement, that we deserve so much more. You know, uh, I pray for the new building. I pray for Sundown Lane. I, I pray for the land. I pray for holy ground. I pray that we would reach out into all the world. And God, God reminds me, wait a second, you think you're entitled to that? I don't care if you've walked with me for 30 years. What's important is not how you start, it's how you finish. Are you going to stay with me regardless of what, what, what the charge is in life? Might call you to Haiti. You might have three in your congregation. The way you're preaching right now, it's a reality. Anyway, let's keep going. Entitlement gets us in trouble. See, when we think about researching and studying everything that interests you, think about those things. Uh, uh, rods and reels, TVs, guns. Where is the best deal? We'll spend hours worshiping at the altar of selfishness, but we won't spend five minutes studying God's word to build ourselves up spiritually. Very important that we pay attention. I mean, I, I love to find something to, to, to look at and then just research the hound out of it. What's the best? How long will it last? What, and, and we all probably as men like to do those types of things, but we have to be careful. Do we research things more than we research the Lord? what he wants for us. And that the third and final thing that gets in our way, men, now there's, there's plenty of things I could have written on, but this one that, that really had Samson, and it's this thing known as lust. All right, many of us love our wives, and we love the women who come by as well. Right, we, we, it, we fool ourselves, the prison of lust. We become paralyzed, too afraid or ashamed to ask for help, so we fake it. We live one life publicly and another life privately. It's a dangerous place. And the reason I bring this up is because of our phones, our computers, all these things that happen. We have the Conquer series here. I thank God for our men who lead that from uh, Buck to Adi to Joshua, all of you who are involved in that, Brit, all of you guys that, that are helping other men be delivered from this because this is a problem. Lust got in Samson's way as well. He was an anointed man of God. He did not die well. Yeah, there was some deliverance that happened upon his death, but it's unfortunate how his death happened. Someone had to, had to move his hand to one pillar, move his other hand to the other pillar so he could push the pillars apart. He couldn't even see what he was doing. He couldn't even see the multitudes because his eyes had been plucked out. You see, God doesn't want us to go through this world blindly. We need to wake up in order to be men of honor. Just about every man I know has struggled at some point with lust. You are not unique to this temptation. Our culture is committed to lust. And it says, if you want it, you deserve it, go get it. It promotes it. You can do whatever you want, look at whatever you want, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. It's no one else's business. I had a friend of mine who uh, just in the last two, three weeks got arrested over uh, a pornography addiction, and it led to something else. And I was shocked when I got the phone call, when I got the email, I was like, oh my goodness, no, this didn't happen, but it did. It did. So we got to talk about these things. You see, it does hurt others. 
There's nothing, so many of us think that there's nothing wrong with just a little glimpse. You're just window shopping. It doesn't hurt if you don't touch. It does. It does. Remember, this is where I started. Um, forsaking all others as long as we both shall live. I've worked myself on, on this. And, and, uh, like I said, Psalm 119.9 is something I had on the dash of my pickup for years. I mean, not just months, but for years. How can a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to thy word? We've got to study his word. We've got to research his word because his word is strong. It's true. And it has the power of deliverance. Ephesians 5, 3 says, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. We're moving on to a place of holiness. I don't hide this. We're a Wesleyan church. One of the things Wesleyan churches have that's this way out front is becoming a holy people set apart for God, pursuing holiness, right? It means going through the process of sanctification, the rooting out of sin. We don't embrace it. We don't say, oh, we're just forgiven because Jesus never died to condone sin. He died to forgive it. It's not there for, for it to be condoned. Matthew 5, 27 and 28, if you have if you have even looked inappropriately, is what Jesus says, then you've lusted. So men, quit trying to hide it. Every one of you have. I see it in you. Just kidding. I have too. Come on, men. We've all been down that road if you're a man. But this is the neat thing about the Lord. He offers us a way of escape, right? First Corinthians 10, 13. And he's saying, I will strengthen you in your weakness, but give yourself over to me, not over to the things and the ways of this world. To be an honorable man is to be a man who's upright before the Lord, who is righteous. That's exactly who Noah was. It's interesting to me about Noah and Abraham. They're, they were both considered righteous, and that's before the law. So it wasn't that, that there was a law and they upheld all ten commandments. No, it's because they walked humbly before their Lord. And because of that, he strengthened them. Samson, on the other hand, Samson was a he-man with a she-weakness. That's just the truth. In Judges 14, 1 and 2, he didn't honor his father and mother. Pride and entitlement found its way in the household, so no longer was it a household of honor. Timnah was four miles away in enemy territory. He abandoned his friends to go and visit his enemies. Isn't that interesting? Abandon your friends to go visit your enemies. Lust makes strong men weak. I'm going to ruin my life this year. I think I'll start with a little porn, just a little bit of uh, maybe an affair. Uh, I'll have a messy divorce, and then my kids will lose respect for me. I'll struggle for the rest of my life, and that's going to be a great way to honor God. We don't say that because that's nonsense, right? But it's amazing how we'll track if we're not careful that way. Because remember, what gets your attention gets your direction and ultimately does what? Get your destination. So we don't say my goal is to have an affair. My goal is just to, hey, I, I'm just window shopping. I'm just looking, right? It's a dangerous place because Samson just looked and he found himself in a world of hurt and a world of pain, a world of trouble. Even his own wife, uh, Samson, his wife Delilah, if you know the rest of the story, what happens? He lies to her three times. She keeps saying, where do you get your power? Tell me where you get your power. And the Philistines are saying, hey, we'll give you some money if you'll find this thing out, right? And what does he do? He says, oh, I get it. Um, if you bind me up in some wet cords, uh, that, I'll be good. You just bind me up in a little bit. Oh, well, and he breaks free, right? Kills a handful of them. 
Come on, you're lying to me. I can't trust you. Tell me the truth. All right, bind me up in some dry cords. Bind them up into some dry. Boom, bust out them, kills a few more. This is fun. But what's he doing? He's lying to, to Delilah. He lied with Delilah, and now he's lying to Delilah. Makes me think of a statement. If they'll do it with you, they'll do it to you. Let's keep going. All right. Look, men, we don't try to destroy ourselves. You're, none of us are out there trying to destroy ourselves. That is not what the goal is in mind. But this is why the Apostle Paul makes it clear that we are, we have a race to continue to run. And it's a race of honoring God, honoring family, honoring church, and honoring the brotherhood. Matter of fact, Paul's exact words are to honor the brotherhood. And so the way we do that is by putting ourselves in front of one another and being transparent and saying, hey, I've got some gaps. I need some help. And, and as, as we speak those things, God hears those things and he gives us brothers in Christ, sometimes sisters in Christ to help us be delivered from those temptations so that we truly can finish the race good. Remember, it's just like I said, it's not necessarily how you start the race. It's how you finish the race. This is why the Apostle Paul is moving on to finish the race. Proverbs chapter 5, 3 through 5. Let's get this finished. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey. Isn't that interesting? Who wrote that? Solomon. It's okay to say it. The man who had 500 or 300 wives and 700 concubines. He ought to know. Right? For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Man, that's scary right there. It's frightening. So how do we do? How do we get delivered? How do we, how do we have a home of honor? How do we beat the pride, the entitlement, and the lust? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's wrap it up. First confession. If we confess our sins, therefore, to one another, he is faithful and just and forgives us of our sins and cleanses us. Cleanses us is very simple. It's, it's sanctification. That's what it means to be cleansed. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so he gives us one another. That's why we're here this morning, men. That's why we have our tables. That's why we go through these questions when we talk about it, because what we want to do is activate our faith. Each other activates one another. Let me say that again. Each other activates one another. That's why God has given us each other, right? So through confession, the other thing where two or three are gathered, and this is the problem with Samson. Samson shows us no matter our strength, we cannot go it alone. He continues to try to go alone. Have you noticed that? He doesn't call upon any help. He doesn't call on other Israelites. He doesn't look for the prophets. He feels like I'm the man of God. I can do what I want. I've got the anointing, dangerous place to be. You see, Jesus has given us one another where two or three are gathered. And the third and final thing is everything that you hear, that you've heard over the last three, four weeks that I preach on Sunday morning, we've got to learn to stay connected with one another. Look, your table, there's somebody there probably this morning that you, you say, well, we're very different. I may not agree completely 100% with that. I'm about 60% with that guy. Matter of fact, if it's Andrew, you're probably at about 30. All right. But, but here's, here's the truth. I know what God can do in relationships. Relationships forge our character and we grow one another up into the homes of honor that God desires until we have a house of honor that truly belongs 
to Him. Man, that's finishing the race good. First Peter, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Men, let's have homes of honor. Let's have homes that shine the brightest lights. Amen.